big decision that was made by the FDA, and it's it's raising a lot of uh, eyebrows. This happened in obviously the states, uh, but it involves the FDA's decision to ban Jewel products. And this is a pretty aggressive ban with no grace period. The FDA said Juul must stop selling and distributing their products. Those currently on the U.S. market must be removed or risk enforcement action. I uh, wondered what kind of reaction this is getting. David Sweener is the author of several e-cigarette and health studies and an adjunct law professor at the University of Ottawa. And he is good enough to join the Kelly Cotrera Show this morning on 640 Toronto. Welcome. Very good to chat with you again, Kelly. All right. I don't know where you're calling me from, but there's a little bit of interference in the background. I hope you're okay. It sounds well, uh, uh, yeah. like a risky uh, environment. This is an ideal time to test fire alarms um, oh. without giving any notice, obviously understanding that uh, we're doing live radio. Well, it's interesting because it all ties into the idea of smoke. And you are one of the people that actually you would think being the author of several e-cigarette and health studies would be again or for this ban against jewel products but you're kind of questioning it can you, can you tell us what kind of reaction this is getting from several groups sure i mean it really comes down to uh, the orientation people have and very similar to what we face in a lot of other issues is this an absolutist uh, abstinence only you know we're, we're fighting evil uh, sort of uh, uh, issue or is it one where you're you're trying to reduce risk as much as you can and it's actually very disappointing to see that we've ended up with legislation that uh, the Food and Drug Administration um, has in the United States that is largely aimed at protecting cigarettes from alternative products, you know, saying they're going to protect the public from any alternative cigarettes rather than saying, my gosh, cigarettes are killing 480,000 Americans a year. It's not the nicotine, it's the inhalation of smoke. If we could find ways that were acceptable to people who would otherwise smoke to get their nicotine, we could solve our leading cause of preventable death. So I think they got it backwards, and we've ended up with, uh, with a situation that's pleasing abstinence-only people. Uh, it's great uh, in feeding a moral panic about nicotine, but it's protecting the cigarette business, and it's perpetuating smoking and all the disease and death that's caused from smoking. It's interesting that you would take that stance because I think a lot of people are looking at it saying, well, it's about kids in vaping and how Juul has largely marketed their uh, products, harmful products into the hands of young people. And, you know, through the their, not just their their advertising, but also the flavoring. Can you can you speak to that? Sure. I, I think Juul did um, uh, some some pretty crazy things early on. Uh, Silicon Valley startup taking the view of, you know, move fast, break things. Uh, capture a market. Uh, they got a market value of tens of billions of dollars. As people thought, my gosh, they can take on this 800 billion a year uh, cigarette industry, and and it shook the cigarette industry. The uh, the share price of big tobacco companies was cut in half as these sorts of novel products came, threatening their their business model. So they lost hundreds of billions of dollars in in market valuation. But they were accused of, of marketing far too freely and that their products were being used by young people. They've uh, since you know, tried to change that. Their, the use of the products by young people in the United States is now very low. Uh, and they are selling the product to somewhere around 3 million American adults. Uh, so we end up with a situation that we look at with a lot of, of regulation to say, what's the benefit and how do you deal with the unintended consequences? Because you don't want to sacrifice the life of those 3 million people who are using the product and the tens of millions who are still smoking cigarettes 
because of a concern about young people, if you think you can deal with the concern about young people in other ways. And when you say risk the lives of those people that are uh, using the product, you're saying because you could be pushing them right back into uh, cigarette smoking. Exactly. I mean, it's like saying, why don't we ban clean needles? You know, why don't... uh why don't we make sure there's no safe supply of drugs? That'll, that'll get people to stop using them, darn it. Uh, and we know those sorts of policies don't work. You know, I've spent 40 years dealing with cigarette smoking. Cigarettes are addictive. Uh, many people will tell you they're at least as addictive as heroin or cocaine. And to say that we will just force people to stop using any form of nicotine, I think, is naive and inhumane. Okay, so you're saying these people that are now addicted uh, via Juul, these e-cigarettes, they're going to go looking for their tobacco somewhere because they need their fix. Exactly. They're going to try to find nicotine. And, we, and Kelly, we have this crazy situation where the smoking is our leading cause of preventable death in, in Canada as it is in the States, and it's because of the inhalation of smoke. It's actually a simple problem to solve, just give people accurate information about risk. They're horribly in, misinformed right now about uh, nicotine. Uh, give them okay, so inform us about need. nicotine really quickly, if you don't mind. I don't have a lot of questions. Sure. I don't have a lot of time to, to, you know, continue on with our line of questioning. But I think it is interesting if we're because I assume that it was nicotine that was harmful for you. Uh, you're saying it's it's nicotine's not as bad as the smoke, but that's the no. addictive thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, nicotine is what what gets people addicted, just like the caffeine in, in coffee. Uh, but what's killing them is the dirty delivery system. They're getting that nicotine by sucking smoke into their lungs. So it would be like uh, smoking coffee beans rather than roasting them. Uh, if you inhale smoke, things kill you. Uh, if we can get rid of that, we get rid of the health problem. That doesn't mean we've, we've dealt with the addiction and we still have time to deal with the addiction, but we've now got something closer to caffeine where it's not killing people. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? And obviously, I'm not the expert here. You are. But do we do we have enough long-term study to, to prove that e-cigarettes are not going to be harming us with the vape? I mean, they haven't been around that long. Sure. Well, what we do have is decades of experience that nicotine itself is not the problem. We can see that in places like Sweden that have used alternative products for decades, have the lowest rates of smoking, the lowest rates of tobacco-related uh, illness. I. Uh, and we know enough about the science, the toxicology in play with vaping products to conclude the sorts of things like the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons in, uh, uh, in the UK has said, that these products are unlikely to be even 5% of the risk of cigarettes, you know, based on everything we know on the science. Public Health mm-hmm. England has said the same. I mean, it's, you can never be absolutely sure about something but you can be very, uh, very assured about relative risks. It's like saying, we don't know for sure that me walking down the stairs after this interview is safer than me jumping off my third floor. Terror. Take the elevator if you don't yeah. mind. I don't <laughs> want to be responsible. No, <laughs> that, that overall is probably way safer to not be jumping off your terrace to take the stairs of the elevator. All right. I want to just uh, wrap it up with this. The FDA, if you're just joining us now, decision to ban Juul products starting now. Uh, do you feel that Health Canada might look at this and say, ah, why not? Well, I think we, we certainly have that risk, and we've seen a lot of pressure on Health Canada to do that. We've also seen Health Canada take um, quite um, liberal views on other issues of mental health and addiction. So the, the approach Health Canada is taking on opioids, I, I think, and uh, what we've seen on cannabis, uh, basically public health. So to understand people's lived experience, meet them where they are, empower them to make better decisions about their own health. If we do those things, if we have a consistent approach 
on drugs and, uh, uh, and, and mental health, we can solve this one. And we've just got to hope that uh, Canada takes a, a, a far more rational view to this than what we've seen coming out of the United States. Well, we're slower moving, that's for sure. David Sweener, thank you so much for joining us. Be careful on your way down those steps, okay? <laughs> Thanks so much, Kelly. Great Have a great day. With you again. David Sweener is the author of several e-cigarette and health studies and an adjunct law professor at the University of Ottawa.